Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. The George Floyd uprising is continuing across the country, with Portland becoming a national focal point as mass clashes still occur there most nights. A diverse network of structures for care and autonomous logistics, including a donations-only barbecue food cart called Riot Ribs, supports those who are standing up against police. Armed federal agents, including Border Patrol officers, have been on the prowl there, with several bystander videos documenting them snatching demonstrators off the streets. It is unknown whether all those taken have been released or if some are being detained in unidentified facilities. We recently received this call on our coronavirus hotline. I'm calling on behalf of my fiance who's incarcerated at SCI in Georgetown, Delaware. Uh, the Department of Corrections in, uh, at SCI in Georgetown, Delaware, intentionally placed four infected coronavirus uh, individuals on the tier, the A tier building last Friday. And after three days, they were removed off of the building as of Monday. These, these individuals, um, had been carrying the, the coronavirus and they were, and the, uh, and the inmates in the A tier building were not informed. And that was last Friday and everybody started getting sick. And all of a sudden, the same four people that were brought onto this tier last Friday were, were removed yesterday at some point. And people were, had to be removed by ambulance and taken to the hospital. Um, this is at um, Sussex Correctional Institution in Georgetown, Delaware. I just wanted to make you aware um, of the situation here in Delaware. Thank you. Please keep sharing the number for our coronavirus hotline. We'll continue to air messages from prisoners who call in from the inside and family members calling in for support for their loved ones. You can call in on behalf of a loved one or they can call in to record their message about the impact of the coronavirus on their facility at 765-343-6236. This week, we have a couple messages from folks on the inside. We'll continue the final installment of the interview between Christina Byers and Anastasia Schmid next week, as they talk about barriers to education while incarcerated. But this week, we received calls of a time-sensitive nature. Fahim Shabazz is a longtime whistleblower and militant inside the Indiana prison system, who was released in 2018. He's been targeted many times by both guards and parole officers for his organizing, landing him back in prison last year. He has since spoken out about neglect during the COVID-19 pandemic. He's once again being targeted by guards as he details in the message we're sharing today. My name is Fahim Shabazz, and I'm calling from Westville, Correctional Facility Level 2 Prison. Um, and I called to do an interview today to speak on what's been going on since the last interview I had. It's been very upsetting and a lot of injustice and inequality going on that haven't been right. They've been harassing me. I don't feel safe. Um, June 23rd, I was in the day room 
and I was cooking the meal with some of the other brothers. We had a Father's Day meal or whatever the case may be. And I'm sitting down at the table. The CO Pitts called me to the, the cage where all the COs sit at. And he said, um, you see this in my hand? I said, what is that? He said, you just passed this under the door. I said, no, I didn't. He said, go put your clothes on. You're going to the captain's office, lieutenant room, squad room. It was pouring raining outside. So he's being very argumentative with me. I just say, I'm not going to argue. I go put my clothes on and go. I said, you're going to feel stupid because I didn't pass anything under the door, period. So we go up there. Lieutenant is up there. And there's another sergeant up there. I don't know that sergeant's name. But I tell Lieutenant Curtin, I say, I promise you, Lieutenant Curtin, I didn't pass anything under the door. Upon them looking in the bag or whatever, they find out that it was some type of substance. I don't even know what type of substance. It was like a paper substance. So um, they say, we're going to investigate. If it wasn't you, we're going to let you go. If it was you, you're going to get hit with a write-up, and we're going to find the worst that we can do to you, and we're going to do it. So I say, go ahead, because I know I didn't do it. So I sat in the cage for approximately maybe two to three hours, and they came and told me that, no, it wasn't you. It was somebody else that passed on the door. So I told Lieutenant Critton and them, so what are you going to do to your officers? Because they just said that I did something that I know I didn't do. And they said, well, they just doing their job. How are you doing your job when I didn't do anything? And you just blatantly lied on me. So, boom, they put me back to the unit. I'm kind of getting into it with the officer on the dorm because I felt like you just wronged me and you didn't apologize. You didn't do anything and didn't anything even happen to you. So I feel like if you're a CO or a sergeant or lieutenant, you can do anything you want to do. But if you're a convict or comrade or inmate or offender, your hands are tied. It's like you can't, you're not right. You'll never be right. You're always wrong a thousand percent because I didn't pass anything and my word wasn't good enough for them until they reviewed the camera to see that, and I still didn't get the just apology that I deserved from the officer pitch. And I don't even feel like I should still be around officer pitch because he just could have got me a write-up. And they don't understand how deep that can get. So further, boom, the 24th, that was on the 23rd, 24th, six COs come in, shake four people down. I'm one of the four people. They disrespect my room so much to where... They taking open open chip bags out, looking at all of my chips in the to me to still eat my chips when they didn't went inside my stuff. They took my thicker bees, which is a religious preference, which is a violation of the constitutional prisoner rights that you shouldn't mess with anything religious. My Mosala radio um earbuds came up missing and letters and request slips that they shouldn't be touching because that's a federal offense to play with people mail and that's what they did they took my stuff and didn't tell me why and didn't give it back including you have one minute remaining including my medicine that i ordered off commissary which was multivitamins pain pills and i think they was like a oil pill like an ie pill or whatever the case may be like vitamin e pill so they took that. So, okay, y'all shook me down this time. Okay, I, I shouldn't get shook down no more because if I do, it's harassment. Well, I definitely got shook down the next day. So the 23rd, the one situation happened with Chris. 24th, I got shook down. And the 25th, they come back that night and shake me down again and take more of my belongings. Now, I'm trying to really grasp the understanding of this because now I feel like since I'm being voiceful and 
I'm practicing freedom of speech, and I'm telling the truth about what's going on. I feel like I'm being targeted, and I feel like they're trying to keep me in here with write-ups and stuff like that because I haven't done nothing, but I'm telling the truth about everything. Fahim called back and continued with his account of further harassment. Um, on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, I uh, do feel like I've been harassed on the 23rd. I was mistaken identity until they checked the cameras and found that I didn't have anything to do with their sin. But until then, I was stuck in a cage in the squad room. Officer Pitts made accusations that the um, National Guard said they seen me doing something that they didn't. And upon review, Lieutenant Critton let me go because he said I didn't do what was said. The next day, I was shook down. Religious preference, um, radios, food was taken up out of my cell. And the next day after that, on the 25th, I was also shook down. And different items were taken up out of my cell. And also, I've continued to write medical about my medical health situation with my seizures. Like, I have seizures, and I ain't had no seizure medication in two months because they say the medication that they know work for me is too expensive. So they're trying to give me other medications that make me throw up and have diarrhea and stuff like that. So I do not take it, Capra and Trilipto. So I haven't had no seizure medication. That's a violation to my constitutional rights, period. Um, the write-up situation that happened, that got me over in the building, if everybody know about the threatening, when I didn't threaten a, a CO, that I basically was trying to go to the bathroom and they wouldn't let me go and they sent me over here. The, the hearing officer told me that he know that I didn't do it, but he couldn't dismiss it, but he can drop it to a lesser charge, which was a C write-up. So they dropped that to a, a C write-up. But I was just be wounded. I, I was astounded by it because if he's saying that I didn't do it, why couldn't you do the righteous thing and just drop it? It's so much injustice steadily being done in Westfield Correctional Facility. I'm constantly putting in for programs that I'm not getting, but they're saying rehabilitation. Also, on 627, I was wrote up by Ms. Butler because I didn't give her my address book. I showed it to her and showed her wasn't nothing in it because I know that they supposed to do that, and she wrote me up on the refusing direct order for not giving her my phone numbers. Um, I had that write-up dropped due to she was basically lying all through the write-up, and they seen that, but they dropped that write-up, so that was good. Um, Sergeant Motet, Sergeant Earnhardt, Loveridge, them was the ones that were shaking me down, taking things out of my cell on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. I wrote informal grievances on all of these situations. It still do not have any fans in the building, period. And we're hot and people have medical issues and we're still not getting nothing done. So I'm constantly reaching out to everybody out there to try to help us in here because it's only so much that we can do, especially with the medical care. If I'm trying to get help and I have high blood pressure and high cholesterol and I have seizures and a height of hernia and tinea barbate and I'm not getting these medicines because y'all are saying they're too expensive, that's that's like ludicrous that you can even say anything is too expensive when you're getting thirty to $50,000 a year for me in the state. So I don't understand certain things that's going on in here. I still feel like I'm being harassed. I don't feel like... No rehabilitation is, is happening because I'm steadily writing for business tech and culinary arts and welding and RWI, and I'm still not getting into none of these programs. I just wrote recently, I got back from Mrs. Sherwood. She's a principal, 
and this is July 8th, 2020. It says, Sir, your name is currently on the wait list for future enrollment in business technology. It says, those with EPRDs closest to the present date are favored enrollment. If your EPRD is distant, you may be bumped by someone with a closer EPRD. So list placement varies and receive an influx in new potential enrollees. In other words, your enrollment depends on the amount of competition you face by guys with EPRD shorter than yours. This is what's causing your enrollment, Mr. Smith, delay. Your EPRD is 2026. So you will continue to be bumped by other people with closer EPRD. So what are they saying is that even though I'm job and school eligible, that they saying that I can't get no education or I can't get into these programs in school because of my EPRD. And how is that even possible when the parole board is telling me to do something good, whether it's RWI vocational and I'm doing what the parole board is saying and it's not happening to no avail. I just learned that they saying they're not even taking anybody else at RWI, period. So now it's like, if I can get in these programs in school on the streets, why are you holding me inside of a prison that's not even trying to give me an education? But the parole board sent me here, and I didn't have any conduct reports. I didn't have a bad background. I didn't have any of that. I was just young when I caught my case, so you can't say because of my criminal history, because the case happened at the age of 14 years old. So if that happened 20-something odd years ago, how can you hold that accountable for me right now today? I've been locked up 17, 18 months, longer than I was even on the streets, and I'm still here. So right now I need everybody that's listening to try to help somehow to write the parole board, um, protest, do whatever you can, call down here to try to get me in the RWI program, even though I know it's not going to happen because my counselor Spencer just said that they got a, they got an email. He showed it to me saying basically that nobody else is to have a referral into RWI. So how am I supposed to get help? This is what I'm asking everybody out there. The parole board is telling us to do things that they're not even doing themselves in the prison. So I'm constantly fighting to try to get help on these situations. I'm writing informal grievances. I got something back from medical about me not getting my seizure medication. And what the HSA lady said, which is the health service administrator, she said to assign the release of information, please attach, and they will let me know what they can do from there. Now, if I haven't had no seizure medication in two months and I wrote y'all telling y'all I woke up on the floor and I didn't have seizures, I'm supposed to be safe. It's up to the prison and to the medical care to ensure my safety and make sure I'm safe in prison, but that is not happening. So what I'm asking everybody is to reach out however and to whoever necessary, whether it's the commissioner, Robert Carter Jr., whether it's the governor, Eric Holcomb, whether it's the parole chairman, Gwendolyn Horst, whether it's the warden here, Gallipole, whoever we have to reach out to to get some justice because there's so much injustice being done here, it is ridiculous. Like, I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to do productive things. I'm trying to do positive things. But no one is accepting that I can't get no help. I'm doing everything possible, and then as soon as somebody do something wrong, then they want to hit you across the head and make the time harder. It's 85% Caucasian over there in the RWI program. Everybody that's trying to get over there that's black is getting turned down. I'm feeling like it's still a lot of racism going on. So 
can we get some help? And please, everybody know my name and DLC number. Reach out to me on the tablet, however you can, get at me and help me. And thank you for listening. We end this episode with a call we received from Andre Perry, currently incarcerated at Wabash Valley Correctional here in Indiana. He shares some thoughts on the George Floyd uprising. Here he is. My name is Andre Perry. I'm currently incarcerated in Indiana Department of Correction, Wabash Valley Correctional Facility, P.O. Box, 1111 Carlisle, Indiana, zip code 47838. My DOC number is 988283. I'm currently housed in the SHU in cell 606 on A side. Once again, I start out by saying peace. And I have an answer as well as a solution to what's going on in society right now. As you can see, we are going through turmoil. And I say we, I speak in the form of being an African-American. And I'm currently incarcerated once I reiterate once again. I've experienced brutality inside the wall as well as outside the wall. And I have documents and credentials to solidify what I'm saying as far as experiencing brutality. So... While my brothers and sisters are out there protesting via peaceful or violently, I stand with them in solidarity because if I was out there, I would be protesting peacefully as well as violently too to unleash built up rage for generations and generations that's been built up in us and it's only destined to come out via when we keep repeating the same cycle and cycle over. For instance, the ethos of life of what my people as African-Americans and experienced on this land has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years now by those who appointed themselves to be higher authority than us and never see us as equal. For instance, my people have been beaten, kidnapped, raped, murdered, and forced to this land only to come and cultivate it and make this land what it is today. And it's a beautiful place, and I love to be classified as an African-American, which as well as I love my people. And I'm speaking from someone who victimized my own people and seeing what's going on in society and seeing my brothers just get killed for no reason other than being black and breaking a law that is not even really breaking a law in the form of not even being violent. So he didn't deserve to die, whether it was violent or not. And George Floyd should still be alive right now. But these are the things that my people have been experiencing for hundreds and hundreds of years once again. Like I said, what's going on is nothing new. And it will continue to go on until society see us as something more than what the previous societies have saw us, for instance. There are people and generations that's living on this land who firmly contributed to the land and they benefited from it. And when I say people, I'm speaking of other races other than the African-American race because our people cultivated and contributed to the land since the beginning of when our people were first brought to this land. Once again, I said our people helped cultivate this land. Even then, my people helped present laws to this land. That's laws to this day. My people even contribute to inventions of this land. And if I am an African-American, that means me being the person that I am is someone that is a descendant of the slave trade, which means if my people People were slaved on this land and forced to cultivate the reason why every crime rate and every this epidemic as far as diseases and poverty in my community is so high because we lack the resources to benefit of what our people should have had for us of what they contributed to this land. Had we been paid the debt that American society owe us, 
our communities wouldn't go through the turmoil that we go through on a daily basis. This extends more than just to police brutality, it extends even on the hand of me brutalizing my own brother and sister just to better myself when I shouldn't have to do that because my people have, once again, slaved on this land and paved the way to better my future. But yet and still, I still don't even receive the benefits for what my people presented to this land. For instance, the Jewish society, what the Jewish people went through, their society receive some kind of reprimand for what happened to their people and their people now are benefiting from what happened to their to their people in the past so what makes the jewish what's going on with the jewish community any different from the african-american community america owes the african-american man and woman a debt due to what our people went through so as a result of what happened to george floyd our people feel like america owe us anyway and they continue to kill us off knowing that we are an endangered species already and they get away with it. Had it been me and three of my friends that stood over someone and killed them, we all would be locked up right now and we wouldn't be having this conversation. It would be lynch them if it was for a black man killing a white man. But here it is, society repeating itself. Once again, what's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years is coming to the light. And it's sad that it had to happen to another brother. But at the same time, this just shows the society that we live in ain't changed because they don't see us as equal and they might not never will. But we got to stand for something. Otherwise, we will continue to fall for nothing. That's why, once again, what's going on in our communities are going on like it is not just because of what's going on with George Floyd, but the George Floyd's before him. We be it be a George Floyd in the form of my African American sisters. They go through the same brutality, and even still, then once again, they wonder why we do the things we do because America has not paid us for what we are owed. We are owed us great debt by the American society. No matter what, my people should be receiving reprimands for what my people contributed to this land. And once the American society realizes that they owe us and pay us correctly then American society might become a better society and then the world will see us as a better society as well and become the role models for the rest of the world because right now in the world is seeing things. African Americans still ain't received this benefits from what they people contributed to that land. So of course with what's going on with George Floyd it's gonna take a, a fire effect and start burning around the world because the world is watching and saying we are familiar with the struggle of the African-American. And why are they still struggling on that land when that's their land just as rightfully their land as any other person or creation that's living on that land? Because once again, my people help cultivate this land. My people help make this make this land what it is. My people contributed to the inventions in society, whether it be just the common household invention or it be the law that we abide by to this day. My people still contribute and we don't see nothing but the hate and pain that my people been receiving since the beginning of my people coming to this land. So hopefully someone in higher power can hear me and reach out and we can communicate more on it on the level if you'd like to. Once again, I'm in my cell, and excuse the banging that's going on. We got them working out here on someone's cell. Once again, I'm in the cell within prison. But I have a message, and 
I have a platform and I want my voice to be heard. And this is my protest in the form of myself, me standing in solidarity with my brothers and sisters. And once again, if I was out there, I would protest peacefully as well as protest violently because that's what society has forced me to do, show that you I could be peaceful and I could be civil. But if you force me to be violent, then this is what you don't get. And it's obviously you forcing my people to be violent because look what my people keep on going through on a daily basis. There's no reason why it's 2000, it's 2020 and we still being discriminated against due to what our people come from. We should be past that now. We should be recognized as the greatest society in the world because look what our society been through. Once again, I'm an African-American and I love being classified as an African-American because what my people went through in America on this land. And it's obviously this is where I'm from. And I give much love to my brothers and sisters in Africa and all around the world who's standing in protest for the brother George Floyd, as well as for other African-Americans who've been victimized in society that has not been recognized and may not never be recognized because the truth might never be televised like it this so happened to be for George Floyd. And we all know that to be true. And once again, this is no teleprompter before me. This is no handwritten notes or nothing. This is me strictly freestyling off the head, just speaking how I feel and just hoping my voice could be heard. For my brothers and sisters, yeah, I love y'all and I appreciate y'all. And to this day, I vow to stand in solidarity with my brothers and sisters and do not inflict violence against the African-American to preserve our race. And I expect the rest of the African-Americans to stand and make that same pledge. Because how can we be mad at them when they steady murdering us, when we're doing it on a more daily basis than they are? Maybe when we start loving each other more, they'll start loving us too. So brothers and sisters, get wise and get more conscious. It's just sad that it take another African-American for us to start feeling like how we're feeling and get more conscious. But it's a day awakening where we all got to wake up someday, and this is our time to wake up. So let's wake up and get more conscious. Yeah, I appreciate y'all for demonstrating how y'all demonstrate. Now let's get to the peace, and let's present this offer right here to the table before the higher authorities and tell them we will rest and give the world peace when we get recommended for what our ancestors contributed to this society. Once again, we are old recommends via the American society for what our people brought forth. There's no reason that we living on this land and we don't have nothing because once again, you got to trace back the prominent names of America who are wealthy and fortunate. Most of their wealth and fortune came from what the African-American contributed to the society during the slave trade. So how can you not pay us for what our people contributed? So once again, I speak freely and wholeheartedly from the mind, and I'm hoping this gets being heard by someone who can understand and feel me. And if you want to get the dialect a little bit more with me, please feel free to reach out, man. I ain't got nothing to hide. I speak from the heart and tell the truth with everything that I'm going through or been through and everything I want to go through and what I want for my generation's generations. I want them to have better than what I had and what the generations behind me had because we should be looking forward to the future for about a day for my people because once again, my people are an endangered species that was forced to this land, man. And we got to have better and we got to do better, but we got to learn to do better with each other and around each other in order to make others recognize us. Because how can, how can they recognize us if we ain't recognizing us as family? We all family. We need to stick together as family. We need to come together. George Floyd is just a reflection of what's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, man. And it ain't nothing new, but it's a new day and new time where now America has to recognize us 
And not only does America have to recognize us, the rest of the world got to recognize that the African-American race is a real race and we deserve to be treated equally. No matter if we're breaking the law or we're not breaking the law, we're still human. So don't treat us less than human. And our goal is I come in peace, my brothers and sisters. I stand in solidarity with y'all. Andre Perry, and I'm out. Please keep sharing the number for our coronavirus hotline. We'll continue to air messages from prisoners who call in from the inside and family members calling in for support for their loved ones. You can call in on behalf of a loved one or they can call in to record their message about the impact of the coronavirus on their facility at 765-343-6236. This has been KiteLine. Anyone can reach us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. You can hear previous episodes of our show at wfhb.org forward slash KiteLine. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Please join us every Friday for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening.